Hey, 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 welcome to Taylor Way Talks. I am your host, Don Taylor, and I am so, I think the word is honored to be here today with my guest. He is an amazing human being. His name is Naveed. He is the owner of Alt Trust. It's a financial and real estate investment and development company based out of Vancouver. His heart for people and developing community and developing relationships is mind-blowing. Like, I'm super in awe of this guy. But we're here to have a really interesting conversation today. So I'm going to let Naveed kind of start it. But welcome, Naveed. What is it you would like to talk about today? Firstly, thank you for the invite, Don, and uh, I'm going to take you around from now on for doing the introduction on me. That was pretty humbling. (laughs) (laughs) Deal, deal. I will totally do it. (laughs) Yeah, we had this conversation a couple of times in person and over the phone or Zoom uh, within us, you know, in our regular chats that what's actually going on in Iran and what's the reflection of what's happening in Iran and the war. Sometimes all this news coming out, how do people grasp it? What can they do? What does it mean? Like, and it's hard to understand. It's a complex situation. Uh, some are far from us, but something that I believe is truly affecting like the word democracy. And uh, not, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we should all consider as human being and understand it and actually basically use this uh, situation of what's happening in Iran as an education piece for all of us to be better people, to understand better and to see things better. That's basically, I think, that's what I'm going to try to cover with you today. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. So, Naveed and I know each other outside of this podcast and... I was hanging out with him a little while ago and his wife, his amazing, beautiful wife. And we were having an interesting conversation on how growing up in North America, I mean, hello, white privilege, but growing up here, our ideas of what it was like to be raised in somewhere like Iran, our ideas on what your childhood would have looked like or what we were taught in school, what media, movies, all these things have done and how wrong it is. I mean, even just how we pronounce the word, <laughs> like you, you taught me how to say a proper this morning, right? Is Iran, like E and then run. And even just something as simple as that, I remember asking you questions like, what was your childhood like there? Like, what was it like growing up? What changed? What shifted? When did you come to Canada? All of these things. And that's really what I wanted to dive into is like, let's get to know a little bit of the behind the scenes of what it was really like. And then when the change there all happened, because we all hear like the regime and we all hear all these words. Well, unless someone's actually sitting down and Googling, like people don't know. Uh, it is. I said, I started with saying it's like a little bit complex, like people to understand what's going on on the other side of the world and what has happened and the way the media manipulate the situations across the world. So just a little short story on Iran. Iran goes back to like, I don't know, 1500 years ago. I don't know. This is, it's one of the oldest Asian countries in the world. And the expansion of Iran was all the way from China to Egypt. It was, it was a very large country with very many different cultures and religions and so on. And it goes back to the time of like 130 BC or something that yeah. Cyrus the Great was the first person who actually came up with human rights. So I might not have the dates right, but I'm not, but the conceptually is, is the, the first basis of human rights, like, you know, came, came from Iran. And uh, Cyrus the Great was a person who basically had that written down. And the whole concept of it was like everybody getting along with, with each other. 
uh, that went on, and uh, there's a, there was a revolution that happened about 43 years ago that the king of Iran, the Shah, left the country as people were protesting. They were asking him to end his term and leave the country. We, I was born four years ago. I never dove in the exact details of what happened. It was a, basically people were asking for reform. The reform wasn't happening. It was it was a manipulation on uh, governments. And uh, Iran is a rich country as when it comes to the oil and natural gases. It's one of the richest countries in the world. And there was there was exactly the fight of who's going to win that battle to access Iran's wealth. Uh, so when when the king left, pretty much Iran got taken hostage by the Islamic regime, Islamic Republic of Iran. So when we're talking about the regime, it's it's an Islamic group, like extremists, like, you know, we talk about Christian extremists or whatever. So this is like Islamic extremists, where they use Islam, the religion, to manipulate and control people. So right off the bat of the revolution, uh, it's happened about 43 years ago. So uh, we see, like, we call them mullahs, basically the guys that came in the regime, Ayatollah, Khamenei, Khomeini, and all these guys that they take control Khomeini to control of the country. And that Khomeini is, is considered like he came after him, after the death of Khomeini, Khomeini. And these guys basically running very religious dictatorship on the country. And the people past 43 years ago, they were living a free life that it's happened here, just like a life that exists in Canada. People along every other cultures were living together. You would go to the beach, somebody would be wearing a full hijab, a scarf cover, and the other person is a bikini swimming. So it was with respect between everybody's religion and culture, everybody was living among each other. But once the you know revolution happened in seventy nine, that government changed and uh, the regime came in place, and they took control with uh, basically uh, uh, with having a war started between Iraq and Iran that lasted about eight years. So I'm forty year old. Pretty much the first six seven years of my life was in the war. When you say talk about the childhood, it was uh, the families trying to pretty much play normal. Hey, we're traveling to like, you know, the suburbs. We really used to live in the capital. So often you would hear sirens going on, the bombs coming out. The families would make it like, hey, it's in the middle of the night. The siren goes up like a game that you're playing hide and sick in the middle of the night, run down to the basement, to the shelter. And so it was it was a lot of that in different cases uh, and uh, it was a lot of bouncing around different countries with the different families hanging out but within the shelter of your house it was free we could talk about everything we could do everything people wouldn't wear scarves i don't remember an occasion or a party an event we went to where we had that alcohol wasn't served we our, our parents my parents weren't really drinkers or anything but we always like as a respect for somebody who comes in they wanted to grab a beer or alcohol they had it even though it was legal but everybody had access to it everybody would brew their own wine at home or something <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so the, but the, so culturally it, we were different but we were taken hostage with this regime and every time you would talk about against them whether it's on against the religious aspect or against their morality of what's right or what's wrong, you had consequences. Okay, so let's backtrack a second. Let's backtrack a second. So we're talking about a country that right now is in the news for the morality police 
people are being murdered, people are being killed for like having a piece of hair out. Yet this is the country that actually started the rights, like movements of like, no, 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 we need equality and we need rights and we need all of this stuff. And was very, very similar. I know talking, I've met your mom. She's amazing, right? I remember talking to her. I've talked to her about like what it was like. And she showed me pictures of the younger years and everyone hanging out and getting along and laughing and cultures and yeah, I, very similar to Canada. Totally right. Like I, I have a picture of my dad with his buddies. They dress up like Beatles. They holding brooms and pots and pans, pretending they the drummers and the singers and the guitar players. Yeah. Like, so it was like, it wasn't lost with them. They, they had the common culture back then. But uh, what has happened like over the past 40 years, these, these are some cool, crazy stats at the same time. So when the revolution happened 43 years ago, the population of Iran was 36 million. Right now, it's at 82 million. Wow. So it, it more than double. And crazier than that, 55% of the country is women. So 55% of this country are women. Yeah. So it is like to, to just grasp that it's, it is, it it is. So we have a country that the majority of the people were born under this regime. The families, they went through a revolution. They went through a war. They went through the worldwide sanctions back to back because of, this regime who's holding country hostage. And uh, so there's a lot of suffering on the people who over 40 pretty much, right? That, and even late 30s and early 40s, like me, there's, we we come from a background of every time we talk in opposition of saying something is wrong in Iran. We get in trouble. we, We get in trouble. We had to be silent. Our parents would get in trouble. And they had to come and vouch for us to get us out and either would cost them money or financial situations down the line or not being able to exit the country. So it was always problems that comes with it. So we learned to be shut up and work and just obey whatever it is and not understand or not have the guts to create a change. But that's gone on for way too long. It's been 40 years now. And then we have more than half of the population of the country under 40 that means like the median age is 32 we have a lot a lot of gen z's we have a lot of youth in that wow country. median age is 32 yeah that is a young country exactly and then you trying to ask him imagine like even in the u.s right the the gap of having president biden and before that trump and wanting to run again and so on the age of this president's it still works because the country of us is not that young right imagine if us was younger you cannot relate to somebody in 70s to dictating how your world should lay out right you can't you can't just keep saying that gen z's are stupid they don't understand capitalism they aren't right no they they want the better world right and they want they want a more meaningful life for everybody that's what it is so these guys in iran they have access they had access to internet and they could see the world and they could not reason for themselves that why is it our country like this how is it 
our country is the hijab is mandatory. Why do I have to cover my head? Why don't I have basic rights? Why don't I have a voice? Why can't I in the country that's one of the wealthiest countries in the world can't afford anything? One in five person in Iran with this regime over the past 40 years it ends up being in the severe, severe poverty. That means the other four are barely handling the life. And then there's good ones. There's that one percentile that every country has. And you see them like, you know, living a good life, showing off or whatever. But majority of the country, they're not financially well anymore. They've been pressurized. They've been, they've been limited to what the government is uh, putting, like, you know, doing to them. So they basically all the resources of Iran, all the oil and gas and natural resources of Iran are getting used and sold to China, Syria, any countries, Iraq, like any countries that it's, it's surrounding, any other, I would say, or Russia, any any other dictatorships. Uh, and the dictators are benefiting from them. And also Democrats across the world are benefiting from the situation that has happened in Iran. So, but the people in Iran, they've been suffering. The the event that happened with Mahsa Mimi, that uh, she got brutally murdered because her hair was showing. Yeah. It it was the trigger. It was like hitting the bottom of the pan for people. It was just like, that's it. Like they, they just burned. And so they start, everybody started screaming and yelling. The difference of this time is that we have the women in front of the whole revolution. The men are walking side by side with them. They scream side by side with them, but it's the women in front of it. And just the guts on this woman, it's really hard to explain unless you've been in that country. Like, we just talking about it, showing a little bit of hair, got the girl killed. You can't talk against the regime. They get you jailed. Like, the, uh, there is the, this one famous prison in Iran. It's called the Evinus in capital. The, basically, the people that are imprisoned there, majority of them are the most intelligent people of Iran. They're, the, they're basically, you know, people that ever said anything right about human beings they get they get to be jailed anybody who's intelligent in any level whoever wanted the freedom for people whoever was any level of activists that raised a voice and was a voice for people they jailed them and they did not shame of it the shame of it they brutally torture them they kill them and they get away with it for the longest time and they've been doing it and that's just their trend of staying in power they easily if the students talk about it they they rage into the universities and, and kill them yeah kill them in front of other kids they, they set an example so when this whole trend started with the women uprising the women life freedom basically women asking for basic rights, that's where it started. Right now, it's not just about that, it's about eliminating this regime, getting rid of this hostage situation that well, exists. And let's talk about that for a sec, is it's basic human rights. Yeah. It's not like people are asking for a lot. Uh, not not at all. Like it was, it started, I think it was the second week of this whole uprising. Uh, people started with a hashtag on Twitter. And uh, they were saying that, you know, just write why do you want this revolution to happen? Like, for what reason? Yeah. And then it became a famous song, for in Farsi is Baroya. And then people go on like, you know, Baroya this or that. So a lot of it is like just for being able to dance on the street, for being able to, to kiss your lover just in place yeah. that you wanted to. And that was the basics. And it goes like, 
for ending the poverty to not see a four-year-old diving to the garbage trying to like find food and then it's, it's like and and it goes on and that song like the, like you gotta uh, i'll send you the translation of it that uh rano sang in the uh, closing of the voice in germany and it, it is just so beautiful and deep even though it's so basic and then we don't realize how fortunate we are that we have so many things that identifies us as free that we don't even recognize or realize. And then these guys are literally going, taking bullets on it. Like there's videos, like somebody's getting shot. And then instead of people running away, there's these young girls and guys, they run in front of the cops. They're like, shoot me if that's what it takes for freedom. Like somebody got shot beside them. Like to, to have like, to, to have it to that level and to the whole different level of desperation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like desperation and fighting, like giving up your life. So one other person does not have to go through what you're going through or have a life that you're having. So often uh, you see, like, you know, you hear like right now, left and right, like a 17 year old died, 16 year old got murdered, like 15 year old got shot, a nine year old got shot. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's, there's, there's all these things that you, constantly here and then you find out the last tweet or the last instagram post is like if if this is going to be my last post i just wanted to know that I, I i gave my life for for the country for the freedom of every one of you guys and then there there's there's every time you know there's a burial or something everybody everyone's like saying like you know every, every one of us that dies there's another thousand of us that wakes up so it is it is a situation in iran that people are dealing empty-handed with the most brutal regime that doesn't hesitate to kill kids kill women kill men at any level any age to just say that they didn't kill that first girl so up to date within their own stat i think they killed close to 500 people that's their own stat it's definitely way more than that they have jailed they have jailed over 18,000 people that that's crazy just think about it the 18,000 people that they talked against the regime they've been jailed they're getting tortured and about 500 people are dead to, so this regime can prove to the world and their people that they didn't kill that first girl that's basically what it is, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so those jail 18,000 people kill 500 more just to prove that we didn't kill one. We didn't kill one. That wasn't, no, it, that didn't happen. And and you guys are wrong. So it is, uh, and often, uh, you know, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to try to get to the point that like, what have we heard or what have we known in the West here about Iran? How does the government keeps us so limited educated on that segment and why and how is it affecting horribly on what's happening so so for the longest time no blames on anybody that lives across the west or canada and us because our access is media and the things that we get educated with and um, it's been uh, basically we've been told that iran is is that country that terrorism comes from people cover their heads they're super religious and everything that they do is their culture covering their head is a culture you know being in these situations or whatever is their culture and every time even we talked about it it was they said oh it's islamophobia no it's like anything extreme is wrong right like 
uh, the religious is, is is a point of faith not to be pushed on somebody so if we see it anywhere if we see a, a religion is pushing something on people like you know we i'm gonna i'm gonna diverge to like qatar for a second the board cup the the one love movement that you cannot have a wristband as a capital that says one love that shows support to you know lgbtq community or you know any like you can't hold a rainbow flag or you can't say anything in those aspects in the country and we say that oh and then you go on tv and they hear us it's not no it's their culture and we have to respect it right and i and this is and and if you say anything is islamophobia i think that's wrong i think we all obligated to say something because it is wrong it's humans is humans it's a human being like we cannot encourage we cannot advertise that for them we cannot normalize that thing we cannot say that's normal in another country some people get tortured and killed for being gay or lesbian or transgender that's okay because it's their country we cannot go on and doing that and basically that's the presentation so if people didn't understand exactly what's going on in iran they, was, they had a hard time of understanding what's going on because nobody could talk about it. Everyone was shut down about it. It's like, oh, no, it's their country. It's their culture. They have to cover their face. They, they have to go through the sanctions because the whole country believes in these wrong things, right? So the But this movement and uh, with many of Iranians fleeing the country over the past, like, 40 years, it's uh, basically the country iran's uh, system was and the regime was like if you don't like our country and you can't get out get the hell out we don't want you here because if you stay here and you talk against us you're gonna end up in jail so get out you know we got out a lot of people got out they're like oh my god we need some freedom we need we need to start again so a lot of people and it's not easy just imagine like people leaving a country at age 40 50 like my mom was 40 when she moved to canada somewhere a different language to start from zero. You leave everything behind. You come over to another country, you start from zero at age 40. I I can imagine having talked to your mom about that. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like giving up everything, business, life, friends, family, everything, and having to just escape to this new country, having to learn a whole new culture, life, work, everything. So, so there's so many of us that traveled the world for that. And then this is finally everybody outside the country as Iranians. They had awakening that we can be the voice internationally. We can educate the world about what's happening. Uh, so that's why you see the post after post and you guys trying to like, it, it's just basically trying to catch up the world with what's going on, but there's difficulties with it because the regime of Iran over the past 40 years, they have implemented systems within all the countries. So for example, in the US, they have a group called NIAC, which stands for North American Iranian Community. So the what it is, they present on the quotations, uh, the Iranians in North America, which it is actually these guys are funded possibly and they are pro-Iran regime so they're very influential within the news and media they're very influential within that in order to protect themselves to protect the Iranian regime right so what as of as of two days ago even so 
right now that we're talking, starting yesterday, today, and tomorrow, is major national, basically, the what do you call it, like a close down in a country. So the market is closed. Everything is in Iran is in, is going to be closed up yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's like a major protest, national protest against the regime. The people taking it, they're closing the bazaar. So, so the government didn't want this news to come up. They wanted to derail the news. So they got the people from Nayak to publish an article within uh, the New York Times. A bunch of these major, uh, you know, publishings uh, that basically the the revolutionary, like the the morality police in Iran has been demolished and they're going away and is they no longer going to be there. Yeah, I saw that lie get posted. Yeah, so it blew up over the place. But is it true? Hell no. That's just the biggest lie ever. And it started from this group of Naya coming up. Why to take the attention of the world from what's happening? Shut down the internet, so trying to say, oh, we fix the problems. It's not a big deal. And where they are masculine people right now as we're talking. Like... Like so, and and they increase their amount of executions of the protesters over the past like three, four days extremely. So every day I wake up, I go on Twitter, and I read like another seventeen-year-old got hung and executed, another twenty-two-year-old got hung and executed, another sixteen-year-old got evicted for execution. Like and and just because of the protests that was there, just because it was. You know, yeah. uprising against the government, and they trying to create a fear from people, and then but they trying to drill the media of international. It's like, oh no, we solved our problem. People just wanted, it, you know, a reform, and we did it. People don't want a reform anymore. They want this government to go, and so the media here it is very limited, educated themselves, yeah, and they their fact checking is very very weak. I would say. <laughs> Good way to word it. <laughs> yeah, it, because it, it, it does, it, it doesn't, it, it, you don't have to, like, it, it is complex what's happening in Iran, but you don't have to, it doesn't take much to understand what's a fake news, what's a, what's the right news. Like the second, if, if you're, if you're writing an article, but you know what people are uprising, then you know what article is right or what's wrong. A country that's is Islamic Republic to take the morality police out, they, even if they do, which that didn't happen, that means they're changing the name of it. Next tomorrow is going to be Islamic police. Like there's no way, like this is how the country is controlled. Like they would fall apart. Well, I was going to say, it's how they've controlled this country for 40 years. It's not just going to go away overnight. So with that, I know one of the things that you and I talked about forever ago is as North Americans... There's this idea that like everybody there is an extremist and everybody is Islamic and everybody is, you know, of that religious belief or of that idea. And I know you were like, no, <laughs> there's like every religion, every culture, every like it's the most. Yeah, no, we, we have Baha'is, we have Jewish people, like they're all scattered around the world mostly because if you stay in Iran one way or another, they find you and they try to you know, get you in some sort of trouble. So so the, I think in California, we have a major Jewish community. Like we have a lot of Baha'is across the world. It's just so many different religions that goes on. But I, honestly, I think with, with our Gen Zs and the new generation, religion just doesn't even make sense. It's not what people are after rather than just human being, especially being in a like being born in a country that the religion dictates who you are 
it pushes you. Yeah, it gives you a really bad feel of what a religion is. Yeah, and it, it, like you know, people have their beliefs. They still may believe in you know their gods and their things, but they, they more than anything they believe in and being a human. Like you know, you're born a human, and whatever religion comes your way, it's secondary for making you a better person or so, but not to dictate who you are going to be, how you're going to be. And, uh, you know, the fact that like using religion to kill people and do things like, you know, this is. It's so horrible. Yeah. So a, a lot of younger people, they don't stand for any, like I, I said, like more than 50% of the country has been born after revolution and they've been born with access to internet and knowledge and information. And they're saying that we don't want this dictatorship this umbrella over our head that's suffocating us and uh, basically that's and sadly down there the regime is in control so people don't have a voice here we can all raise our voice and our politicians they have to satisfy to get elected for the next month so you say hey the daycare is expensive and then next day ten dollar daycare you say like you know at least they they say stuff they do stuff maybe 80% 80% yeah. of them, it fails, but at least they try. <laughs> but uh, the the things that goes on in our countries here, we're fortunate because we do have a voice. Not saying that we, things shouldn't be fixed here and improve here. We, oh. like, you know, things like our healthcare system or... It's a bit of a dumpster fire here right now. <laughs> so like, you know, it's... It, it's uh, and it's you know it, it is a lot of things need to be fixed here, but it's, it's basically taking a pause and realization of like what we have and appreciation of it. So it gives us the energy to go on and fix the issues that we have to always improve the country that we're in. But on the other side, it's uh, understanding what we have in this world and just wanting the rest of the world to have a bit of what we have. Because often I think like, you know, if you understand what's going on uh, between Russia and Ukraine or what's going on in on Afghanistan, like what's happening to the women in Afghanistan or what's happening to Iran, uh, how they murdering kids, how they raping youth girls to set an example for other girls to not come to streets murdering them, like things like that, how how those things are happening. And there's these there's things happening all across the world. I'm not limiting it to anything. If we understand it and we close our eyes and we're selfish to just ride our own boat, we have to question our ethics, we have to question our being, are we? Yes, right there. Yeah, so it is it, it is hard. I always, I always have this conversation with my business partner that it is easier, like, you know, you deal with different people within different parts of your world. It is often a lot easier to be stupid, I'm saying, <laughs> to, to, to be ignorant. That's a good way to word it. It is, it is, it is so much easier to be ignorant and stupid than it is to actually face what's going on. And to be a better person. If every day you wake up and say, I want to be a better person, it is a fight. It is challenging because you have to question yourself. You have to understand your acts. You have to understand what's right or what's wrong. And that goes on. And often uh, we've been taught through our life here that just go on. Your challenges is just the affordability on a housing. Your challenges is just 
a bad system in the healthcare. Yes, there are challenges. These are the things that we all have come together and fix. And I take it on my shoulder within our own projects or whatever, trying to fix to bring a little bit of SSF affordability and everything into it. But these are minor problems where our homeless here are funded like by the government, they they have opportunities. I'm not saying again we have a system that we clean them up properly or we take care of them properly. We don't have that homeless, but a homeless person here is pretty much in a one top one percentile of the world. Like we have to understand the grasp of the. Hey, pause there for a sec. Say that again. The homeless in Canada probably in the one are probably percent. in the top one percent of people in the world. Yeah, just think about because of the funding and everything. Yeah. So and not saying again, if the funding is used properly, if the system is used properly, access, access to the healthcare, access yeah. to the to the funding, access to being able to not sleep hungry. You know what I mean? Like like they can. Like again, the system is wrong because a lot of them are on the corner of Hastings Street in Vancouver is a torture every time you drive by there. Like I get in tears sometimes at some of them. And it is it is the system needs help, but they are still to some level way more fortunate. Than, and then once we understand that as a person here, when we're walking around and when we're living our life, we should take it upon ourselves that how can we help the board as a whole? And that's, that's, that's always an exhausting thing to do. Like, because we have a life ourselves, we, I still need to catch my, I don't know, Pilates class or soccer game and, <laughs> and I deal yeah. with, you know, work and business and this and that. And, uh, at, at the end of the day, what, what can I do? It's across the board, you know, whatever. But I think we, we have to all, uh, have value what we have and then part of it, part of like, you know, it's like, you know, we, we all make money to have a good life here, but it's, it's the part that we give back is what, makes us uh you know like it gives us a meaning to our life and uh, like you know it's you make your living by money but you make life by giving back and often that giving back doesn't have to be that complex right it could be just a raising an awareness it's just asking basically or pointing out what's happening we can't expect like as iranians like what we saw and what tortured us outside of iran is that we see like Iran being in the United Nation, Iran being in a G7, we come left and right people from this terrorist regime, they end up in New York on negotiations. There's negotiations about nuclear, there's, there's negotiations about this and that. And it's, it, it, it's, it's so horrendous and it's so painful. And because the government ties, they normalizing it. So they kept doing it. Imagine Iran killing women for a little bit of hair. Women cannot go to soccer game. They can't travel outside the country without the dad or the husband permission. If uh, the husband dies, they don't get to have the kids. The kid goes to the family of the dad. Like, there's, there's so many things against like women rights. So like I can go on forever. So what you wear, what you say, all those things matters. And then they have, a, they had a person on UN women rights department. So it, it, that's the word normalizing it, saying that that's their culture and that's, that's what it should be. So we have to really, really understand. We have to really, as people, to digest things ourselves. And that's not normal. That's not normal that no. our government goes, shakes the hands of these terrorist regimes and makes it dealing for them. A lot of this uh, anti-riots, you know, tear gases and uh, bullets and guns are 
are, are imported from US and Iran indirectly, directly, like from US and England to Iran. So it is, so there, there's dealings that happens, right? So once the whole world stands against a terrorist regime, it stands, not even that, it stands for human rights of those people in Iran, then these governments, they can't simply deal with the Iranian regime, the, the terrorist regime of Iran that's taking the country hostage. Uh, then they have to ask them to close their embassies across the world. They have to basically arrest or deport every related government member with all their money seized, like exactly what they did with the Russian oligarchs, right? you know? And if that effects happen, then that regime trembles and then the people will be free because if they can't buy everything that they buy in with money they will fail <laughs> so it is so it is it, it is just that what can people do is raising awareness like you know if if you have any sort of platform like you know you do have you're using it you're having this conversation with me is just raising that simple awareness that people know that they are normal humans living there is just not by their choice that they were born in a different country, whether it's Afghanistan, Iran, Africa, or it happens anywhere. And but they are humans and they deserve to have basic human rights. And often they're not even asking us or anybody to fight for their own specific rights. It's us asking our governments to do the right thing, to step up and do the right yeah. thing. Often, uh, what I see, which I find it painful, it's the dictatorship countries like Russia, Iran, China, S Syria. They support each other like solid. <laughs> like, yeah, they're good. <laughs> they get along really well. Like, yeah, like Iran regime is providing drones left and right to bomb Ukraine and Kiev, where my uncle lives there. <laughs> so it is. It is. It's an Iranian regime is providing those things to Russia. Russia is providing riot systems to Iran and China is dealing with Iran through all the sanctions to buy their oil and natural gases, the major dealings and things happening. And then as a democrat countries, what are we doing together that not validifies them? To give power to the people by not validifying them. Like that's all we need to do. We just need to and and basically is uh, raising up to our government and making a noise and making them understand that the things that they have to do. But Canada made a move. Uh, finally, Iran uh, took a plane down uh, that was flying down from Iran, pretty much that is stuff over in Ukraine uh, to come down to Canada. They killed about 170 Canadians, uh, mostly Iranian Canadians, but Canadians nevertheless. Another 60, 70, I think people were in there as exchange students coming here to study. And so that plane got like literally Iran regime. They shut down the plane, accidentally did it. They wanted to kill somebody in there or whatever. We don't know. It, it took over a thousand days, over three years for Canada to basically take an action against what has happened there. So trying to, you know, finally we're at the point that we, in Canada, we're calling the IRGC, the Iranian government, whatever it is, the terrorist group that they are. Yeah, the terrorist regime. Yeah. Yeah. 
they they finally you know calling them a terrorist regime they finally having uh they're going after the people from that regime here they're trying to kick them up 101 and see but that's that's canada that's a small pocket of the world where we need the world to step up we need us to step up we need all the europe to step up to close down the embassies to to identify this regime as a terrorist regime internationally and not allow these stupid articles to not normalize these things that happens like if you understand it's it's a simple understanding for anybody in the publication sitting out there if there is any article that ever comes out right now that it's not clearly about getting this regime out of the country ending the islamic revolution that has happened it's a lie no change of morality please no stepping down of the leader no other news is just a distraction is a propaganda to distract everybody distract the world from what's happening so they can they can continue their mass killings they can continue to do what they're doing which is so horrible. So one of the things I'm sure, like when you and I had first talked about this, I mean, like you, my heart breaks. I actually, it's funny. I just did an Instagram live this morning talking about like, if every single person did one nice thing for someone this month, whether it's donate money to something or buy a meal for someone who's homeless or whatever it is, how different would our world be if everybody did something? And I just did a challenge to people. And it's interesting because there's already com- me- messages coming in from people going, thank you. Thank you for reminding me of this so I can actually do something. But when you and I first talked, my heart was absolutely broken for you, your family, all those women in Iran. Like, But then I, my first question was, okay, but what can I do? Like Logistically, what can I do to actually make a difference? Because I don't know how to kick an embassy out of a country. And so one of the things that you had mentioned was you were like, even just write letters, write letters, send emails to your government and like make a noise, post on your social media, you know, share this podcast so people can actually hear what's going on and make that loud. Can you send those letters again so we can put them in the show notes for people? Sure. Yeah. It often, you know, the, these these things are exhausting for people because you don't want, like, you know, I, I, yeah. So, but it, it is, it is just some often that single post, that simple hashtag, like like Mahsa Amini hashtag, the girl that they killed at twenty two because of her hair was showing up. It was it, it it broke the records of hashtag on Twitter ever. So, and it's still continuing. So. Just, just making the sense that like, Hey, we like, you know, in any level to sit, to tell the world that we are watching because that, that has an effect. People don't understand that we use our social media often just for fun and maybe sometimes the wrong way, but we, we all have this weapon of saying to the world what's normal and what's not normal. Right. Yeah. So it, it often simple as that, that like, you know, if you take a, you know, you, you get an understanding from this podcast or you do your research, you hear something that it really goes to your heart and you see it's wrong. And just simply saying that, taking that action of just like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I, I am with those women in Iran and I hope, you know, that regime falls, right? Get them like, you know, to, to get that message of like, 
nobody that country in a right mind would want that regime to stay because yeah. it's wrong. Uh, and yeah, for sure, like you know, there's there's letters that you know has been sent to the parliaments and the UN and that that could be used. And but again, often the easiest way is making a post, having some hashtags that you know brings uh, brings attention to UNICEF. Why is UNICEF not doing much? With regards to kids in Iran, what what happened? What 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 is you know? UN just announced starting investigations in Iran. How long that investigation is going to take? Right, like yeah. investigations happens in two years from now. It's two years late. The investigation that happened two years ago. That's what was needed. So how long are we gonna? How long? Yeah, how long are we gonna get wait for that? So it is. It is a little bit of just uh, basically getting awareness if, you know, if the UNICEF and the UNs and the governments in the world that they see that they are getting mentioned against this revolution that's happening, they have to act faster because the, the message to them is like the world is watching you. Are you going to, are they going to fill the world? I doubt it. And, and one thing I want to say that the people may not care about another country maybe whatever iran like any other country this is this fight this thing that happened in iran the women uprising and now the whole country uprising against the regime it, it is a true fight against democracy it is yeah. us it is it is a fight for democracy us taking actions as human beings across the board it's not just for that country and those people it's raising awareness for all the government in the world that now we are smarter than ever. Now we can see, we can communicate without you telling us what to see and what to communicate. And that's a huge message that goes around because oh. in in the past, I feel like in the past five, six years, we kind of stepped back in the world sexism is more out there like you you hear it more the racism you hear it more now you have us you get the sense of us being divided you have woke right and left and everything is extreme <laughs> and everybody's like everything's standing, extreme right now yeah standing against each other and the reason of it is because of what the media pushes on us i don't think anybody can say i'm I, 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 nobody should be able to say that I'm fully Republican or fully Democrat. There is, you, you have to have an understanding of what's going on. Like you, some, some policies may work for your business and your life itself, but some policies from our government may work for just burying everybody's life. And we have to be a human and we have to understand what the middle ground is. And we have, and our government should learn to be that way to not demean each other often when you see a politician's fight they mocking each other they pointing fingers at each other this never understanding of what's good about something or what i'm gonna add it's it's never that aspect so it's causing division and but with people that raising voices together with looking at the things themselves and understanding the true fact is giving and highlight to the governments across the board that we are watching we're more intelligent and they have to step up on actually fixing our world we talk about 
you know, climate change. We talk about a lot of things, but the actual step up, like, you know, changing our board is, is, is what matters for all of us. Yeah. So we want to, we all want to live in a better world, better country. We want our healthcare system here to be better and fixed. We were, we're benefiting from a pub, public health system that we don't have to pay uh, when the crisis comes. But it shouldn't be like, you know, in a normal day, you don't have to pay. But when the crisis comes, that's the time it works. But it doesn't usually work on other levels. So <laughs> so we want to we wanna help. We, we want to help on that. We want to be able to uh, to use our immigrants that they come here with all their knowledge and education to follow the system better so the country can go faster rather than, you know, limiting it to the people that, they save the country here right so it is it is a lot of it is a lot of things that needs to be fixed here but and it starts from uh, us voicing our concerns to the government as a whole as saying them that we see it we understand it and then not often with mocking them and criticizing them with making them understand that we're watching and making them understand that we know what that right answer is and we're watching to see when you deliver it right and the more and more we put the voice internationally towards everything the better world we're going to go towards i guess i agree and so just finishing off here because oh we've i, was on, I can't believe it. it's been an hour no Naveed, i love talking to you about this it's such a different perspective it's such a different viewpoint of it because you're not afraid to actually have these conversations and you're not guarding yourself and you're not blocking yourself from it, which I mean, for people listening, we had a conversation before this started of, is it okay if I even say your name? Is that okay? And is that safe? And he was like, yeah, I'm not hiding. Like, like understand how big of a deal that is. Like a lot of people are living in fear right now and are really quiet. And I think the point you made about how this is for democracy, this is showing the whole world and every government that like when we rise up as a group, change can happen and things can be done. And, you know, if nothing else, there are people from Iran in your community, in your town, in your life that you might not even realize are struggling right now, hurting right now, having, you know, a PTSD response to what's going on, have family members still there who are in danger, who are fighting on those front lines check in on them, see how you can support, how you can help, how you can do that. But send the letters, send the letters to your governments, do the posts, share, share it everywhere. So people actually have an idea, but more than anything, I don't know, this is like the, the start of our conversations we ever had on this was accept the fact that we're ignorant in so many of these areas and do the research, start asking questions, start looking and spreading the awareness, even just knowing, even just knowing what is going on and get curious, right? Like I say this all the time to clients, like no judgment, just curiosity, like get curious about what's actually happening. And it's okay to ask questions like the, you know, yesterday somebody had a post on Facebook about, you know, that basically this uh, morality police in Iran has been put aside. And right away, I, I wrote a sentence on it that like, hey, this this is not the right news because of these reasons. Here is where you can get more information, right? So it is it is okay to ask. It is okay to 
talk about a stuff. You don't always have to, let me put it this way, you don't always have to make a statement that what it is. You can ask the questions to understand. We can, that's, that's how, that's how, that's how we grow. Oh, if you're hitting cancel, cancel culture right there. <laughs> Everybody is so scared. Everyone is so scared right now to ask questions and to actually go, Hey, I don't know. Like, how many questions have I asked you about what it was like growing up there and what's actually going on and what's really happening there? But I said, I'm like, I'm going to come across as a complete idiot. Like, I don't know. I just know what I was taught in my small northern BC town in high school that did the best they could. But I want to know. I want to know more and what I can do, which is why we're doing this podcast and having this conversation, right? Yeah. And then uh, you said it like, you know, it's often uh, a lot of people uh, my age in Iran or outside of Iran that has relations, relatives, families, maybe even financial situations in Iran. They're afraid to talk because the back of their head is like, what if the regime doesn't go? I'm being vocal and I have so much to lose. But uh, my answer to them and myself is that what do we have to lose that a 14-year-old or a nine-year-old is getting shot that doesn't have to lose? We we can't we 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 know better than them. If anything, I I think they weigh better people than I ever be. And we have to understand that 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 nine-year-old or ten-year-old that stands in front of the bullets, that sixteen-year-old girl that removes his scarves and fights for the people. Do, uh, those guys that's what we have to be be their voice and we can't hide as i'm I'm saying it to my fellow iranians that they're afraid sometimes to step out in the street they worried about their families they have the right to worry about their families they have the right to worry about the financial situations and everything but this is the fight for life of everybody else in that country and eventually your life down the line because that country is getting worse by day and day and eventually it's going to get to the point that it's not going to be bearable for them so better to step out sooner against that regime than trying to wait and see what happens and often yeah and often what is my risk you know what i mean like i'm i'm sitting in <laughs> my extreme comfort on this side of the world this is the least i can do and uh you know and uh i hope my voice and what i said it 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 grazes a little bit of awareness that helps them a little bit those guys that they're risking actual their lives and and uh basically uh lastly i just want to thank you for dedicating this time in your podcast and no, you're welcome. Seriously, this whole podcast is about like the things no one wants, no one wants to talk about, the hard conversations. And this is one of them, right? This is one of them and it's very special to my heart. You know how much I love and adore your family and how special you are to me. And having these conversations over these last few months about what's actually been going on and even just being able to share that with my inner circle of like, hey, do you guys actually know what's happening right now? Have you been actually paying attention to this? It's been really powerful. And I hope that, I hope this episode goes viral. I really hope it goes viral strictly for the fact of, I want people to hear and understand what is actually going on and just shift some perspective, if nothing else. Thank you, Dan. And really appreciate your time putting to this and inviting me to your show. Well, you're so welcome. So for everybody listening, we're going to have a bunch of resources for you in the show notes. So 
the taylorway.ca podcast. Go down to the episode with Naveed. You will see it there at the bottom. This episode, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be a few more weeks from when we recorded it. We are at the right before Christmas right now, but when it comes out, I will try to have an update for you on what's going on in those show notes. I'm also going to get some resources from Naveed on where you can go to follow to get better news of what's happening. And maybe even a list of like the rights that are actually being taken away. Because I think right now, a lot of people believe it's just the hair. That's it. Like it's just the hair and that that's the issue. And that's what everyone's trying to do. And just like, come on, put on a scarf. It's not that big of a deal. But when you talk about, you know, women aren't allowed to like travel without their husband's permission or their dad's permission and all of the rights that have been taken away from 55% of this country, we will put together a list of some of those rights, some letters. We're going to give a ton of information for you guys so that honestly, being a little bit blunt, you have no excuse. You have no excuse to not know what's going on and to not be able to do something about it. So check out the shout outs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review anywhere where you are listening to your podcasts. And again, thank you so much, Naveed. This was awesome. Thank you, ben. All right. Take care.